0: We are listening to a song called Time Soup by Scooter Holiday, and we are swimming in it, the soup of time. We know not which wedges of the past we may come across as we stew in the broth of being. Or do we? Actually, sometimes we do, like when it's our podcast, Make Every Media, and when I'm your host, Michael Furstenfeld. Today on our show, we are swimming around in a conversation I had with my friend and creative collaborator, Michelle Dahlenberg, four years ago, in March of 2017.
1: Hi, I'm Michelle Dahlenberg, and I'm an independent audio producer. I teach applied theater at Texas State University, and I'm a mom of an awesome toddler.
0: That's actually Michelle now, or in March of 2021. But we met five years ago in March of 2016, when we were both cast in a puppet show, The Wars of Heaven, part two, SmackDown, Trouble Puppet Theatre Company, at Salvage Vanguard Theatre, back when it was still at 2803 Mainer Road. I had just published my very first episode of this podcast in January of that year, so podcast production was still fairly new to me at the time, and to her too, as you'll hear. Even though now she's got pieces on KUT and NPR, she's blown up. While we were bonding about documenting things, it was announced that the show we were cast in would be the last play to happen on that stage at that theater. The rent was skyrocketing. The community was losing its hub. Michelle and I were activated like film school sleeper cells to start documenting things before they started disappearing. A year later, in March of 2017, two more beloved Austin theaters, The Off Center and The Institution Theater, were being forced to close as well. Michelle and I met to record the conversation you were about to hear as brainstorming for a big farewell show at The Institution at the end of that month. But the majority of this recording was never heard again until I came across it while looking for audio we had recorded right before the pandemic in March of 2020 to use in our 2021 stream, The Infinite Ides of March. And that's when I put it together that Michelle and I are always marching together in March, it seems like every year since we met in 2016. By the way, you can now watch The Infinite Ides on our YouTube channel or in our Twitch highlights at twitch.tv slash media. And if you're into that kind of stuff, our next big stream is on June 22nd from one to five PM central and It's also called Time Soup, and will also feature the music of Scooter Holiday, who is providing all the music in this episode. Anyway, this conversation I had with Michelle in March of 2017 didn't quite fit into that Ides show, but it still resonated with me a lot, and felt like it needed to be its own thing, especially in the midst of a pandemic that has closed down all the theaters for a very long time now. As we explore what theater and comedy and music are looking like moving forward in a post-COVID vaccinated world, I for one am not quite done with revisiting the past. I think I might just be getting started, actually. Over the last couple of months I've been whittling this conversation down to the following minutes, and, you know, how am I ever going to pay off any of my documentary debt if I don't start publishing old conversations? So I take you now four years into the past, where I've just asked Michelle to do a sound check by saying some of her lines from the puppet show that we had done a year earlier.
1: lots and lots and lots of words were said, none of which I remember. I have deleted all the files in my brain that held all that information. And in fact, I don't think I could tell you one thing about that show right now. Sometimes I, I feel like I don't know how to just talk to people like in a normal way because mm. I just want to interview them, mm. which people don't always want to be interviewed <laughs> in a social situation, so I have to like, do, do that too yeah. to kind of turn it off. Yeah. like oh, right, we're not interviewing right now. Totally. <laughs> like, why are you asking me so many questions? Sorry.
0: Yeah.
1: I think one thing that you know I've been wanting to do is make some more audio and do mm-hmm. some more and try to do a podcast myself or, you mm-hmm. know, make some small ones or I don't, I don't know. Do make audios is one of my big things on my list this year.
0: It's nice to have something in a package. Mm-hmm. It's nice to just have it there and, yeah. you know, an object hmm. now.
1: Yeah, I've always wanted to preserve things like preserve moments in time or preserve um, relationships like the way that they were at that particular moment. So I was telling you about my earliest memory of recording is having this tape player that was uh, pastel pink and it held just one tape and I called it my pink radio and it had a little shoulder strap that was um like a soft pink and soft gray color and i would strap it on you know on my shoulder and um and i would hit record on it and i would just walk around the house and kind of record the sounds of what was going on in my house and i was telling you about that memory i have about um adding little bits of commentary on top of whatever was happening, you know, in my house, like my brother was, was like two years old and he's screaming and it's really loud. And you hear that for a while. And then I come really close to the microphone and say, Brett is such a brat. Michelle Dahlenberg reporting from the living room or whatever, you know. I think there's something for me with this project about, um, I I moved around a lot. And so it, I don't know if you know that, but I Mm. moved around a ton as a Mm -hmm. kid. Like I went to three kindergartens in three states and there were parts of my upbringing that were kind of unstable and my parents got together and split up and got together and split up and my mom would take us somewhere. So I was moving around a lot and starting new schools. And I went to something like 10 different schools from kindergarten through high school. I went to three high schools. And so there's something where I was always having to say goodbye. And it's like, what do you, what remains from those things? Mm. And that's what I'm kind of interested in this project is like, what's, what remains, you know, is probably the relationships, right? I mean, Mm. and we remember the things that happened in those specific spaces, but what is coming out of this for me is like the space itself really mattered at that time, but it's what we do with it next that matters. It's like, how deep were those relationships and how are those going to sustain themselves as while those organizations are homeless or you know in transition and what's going to happen to them but also how does a physical space create a community another project I did that I may have told you about was about space that it just popped in my head was um, when I lived in Chicago I was part of the last group of women that lived in Three Arts Club which is a residence for women in the arts that had been open for 91 years and while we lived there it they decided to close it forever it was very upsetting and I did go back and document some of that Cause I moved, I went to grad school five years later and I went back and created a performance, a solo performance piece where I performed some of the people that lived there and like an autoethnography kind of piece. As some of the people As that the lived people. There. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I took on the persona kind of mm-hmm. like Anna Devere Smith kind of style. Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I performed some of the different people, like a ballet dancer who lived there. And, and so I do, I do think it's like, I'm torn. It's like, it's yes, it's the relationships, but it's also the space itself. You know, it's like, that's what brought people there and, you know, we've been talking about Salvage Vanguard Theater and mm-hmm. I and we we just watched this video that Jenny Larson gave us that so was like a that was made only two years ago.
2: Salvage Vanguard was founded in nineteen ninety four by a couple of guys named Jason Newlander and David Bucci. They came from the northeast and landed in Austin in the late, mid to late 90s and decided to set up camp and start doing experimental theater. The mission of the organization from the beginning was to explore avant-garde works by new American playwrights.
1: Doesn't it seem like it was made to show people why they should support SVT and not let it close? I that, thought that so. That was the tone of it to me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah it was like a plea, a yeah, last plea. This is why to... this matters. Yeah.
2: When you walk into the Salvage Vanguard Theater, you experience possibility. Puppeteers, dancers, experimental musicians, experimental film, comedy, the goal being to create a space that an Austinite can walk into and see the best of the best of new local arts.
0: It struck me when you said uh, trying to hold on to the relationships that this place has made kind of thing, because that's Mm -hmm. kind of, I think that's why I got into documenting my student theater group in college, because I was worried about, like, after college, you know, what happens? What happens to all these relationships that seem incredible right now, this incredible dynamic? Is it just going to disappear? Uh, is it gonna dissipate? Am I gonna keep up with these people? It just felt like there was there was a finality mm-hmm. to to it that I didn't want to deal with, and that's probably why I was documenting everything back then. And so I never really experienced the ending.
1: Interesting, you
0: know. I just yeah. kept because I stopped at some point. I had to say, okay, <laughs> that's enough footage for this documentary. But I never actually felt the ending. Like I stopped filming but i was always thinking about now how am i gonna turn this into a film for years like for the whole year after that and then the year after that and i would keep coming back to it but you're right i never said goodbye to the footage and i still haven't like a part of the reason i'm doing this podcast is to just get in the habit of like shaping stories out of audio and video footage and
1: not waiting for it to be perfect exactly get get it you know the like find
0: one good moment and go ahead and publish that, Right, you know, and like do it in chapters or iterations if I have to, but like, yeah, waiting or trying to wait till I have the right frame of reference or something like,
1: (laughs) and then the moment is past. (laughs) Yes. That's the thing.
0: Like the moment was probably back then when I was in the group, it was like, I should have, and I did like publish, you know, a 30 minute, draft of it. People saw it and <laughs> I was vulnerable. You know, I'm talking to the camera and it I did do that. I just never felt like I finished it to the point where I would want to submit it to anywhere or right. show anyone outside of that community. Yeah. And so the time for that was probably mm-hmm. around then. But even my documentary professor at the time was like, Maybe you're not ready. Interesting. <laughs> Maybe you need to wait five, ten years and then reattack this this footage.
1: When we're documenting, there's a way in which it can be, it can kind of keep things at arm's length, right? So if you're documenting, if you're the one always behind the camera or behind the recorder or whatever, the microphone, you're not actually participating as much as you could be and not taking in those moments if we're always recording them. So that's something I think about a lot. Like, do I want to record this? Do I want to take pictures of it? Or do I just want to enjoy it? And maybe I'm going to forget it. Like, that's the danger is I might... it's not going to pop up in my time hop next year or whatever or in (laughs) my facebook memories or whatever it's not going to pop up because i didn't document it but that's okay maybe that's fine Mm -hmm. it's somewhere in my brain and i enjoyed that moment it's fine if i don't remember it Mm -hmm. but then i always i like it when stuff pops up you know and it's like oh yeah that thing so maybe it's okay if we don't document it all
0: I loved the theater community even in college so much that I couldn't handle it ending all the time. That's when I started documenting stuff.
1: You don't like endings, do you?
0: Who likes endings?
1: I don't know. Someone.
0: Yeah. I like endings in movies. I like Mm -hmm. it. I like wrapping things up in a nice little bow if possible. But Mm -hmm. endings, I think, are constructed.
1: And I I feel the same way. I don't like endings in general either in this kind of ending. Is it like not wanting to say goodbye? Is that why it makes us sad?
0: I guess so. I don't like to say goodbye much.
1: Mm. Life keeps moving on, even as these things are happening around us.
0: And this footage stays where it was, but Mm -hmm. that, I mean, that's a lesson. Uh, I don't know what the lesson is (laughs) because like the other end of it is we could have ruined our whole rest of our SVT time by just trying to like record.
1: That was the thing. You don't want to do that. You want to experience
0: it as well.
1: It was that thing I was talking about, about being in the moment. Like how do I process saying goodbye to this space that I just finished performing in and I spent so much time getting to know people and coming to see shows in and not distancing myself from it with that microphone or whatever. But yeah, it's that tricky thing. I don't know. Yeah. You know what you were talking about that kind of, um, documentary debt that you have this old, thing right it makes me think of how um documentary I have debt. I don't know what to call it no that's
0: the best description <laughs> of it I've ever heard it's, it's like I feel
1: like you owe something uh, to yeah it. and it's, it's
0: in the theater you. but it's weird because yeah. the theater company they're fine they're I see like I'm on their Facebook group and they're still vibrant as ever and, about no sorry my old theater oh. debt, my old theater company debt oh. from like <laughs> you know yeah. it's called the broccoli project
1: and they've moved on the,
0: oh yeah they're i mean they're a student theater troupe they just like it, just new new yeah. crop came in and <laughs> crop,
1: of, crop of broccoli yeah but me.
0: i'm still attached to this particular yeah it's not about version them. of it you and know that was about you. Yeah, yeah yeah this is about <laughs> our house when we were the hub
1: isn't that memory interesting how it's like it's crazy. the grooves of it like, yeah. don't run as deep after a while? Yeah. It's like you don't remember the specifics mm-hmm. as much. Thank God. Yeah, thank God. In some God. ways, yeah, know, it would be definitely. so painful. I mean, it's sad we don't remember all the good things, but mm-hmm. I don't have enough brain space for all that stuff. So thank goodness right. it edits out.
0: Speaking of editing. This is Mike, back in June of 2021. Actually four days after I recorded the intro to this episode. That was June 10th. It's now the 14th. I'm still trying to tell myself that it's okay if we don't document it all, remember it all, time stamp it all, cram all the good clips from a one-hour conversation four years ago into one perfect 15-minute episode and publish it today. And it's okay if we don't make every media all the time. We gotta take breaks. Or we might not be able to make any media. Here's Michelle in 2021 again, just a few months ago.
1: Today is Thursday, March 11th. So it's almost exactly to the day a year ago that we saw each other for more than just a few minutes, right? Or or on a screen.
0: Friday the 13th.
1: It was Friday Friday the freaking 13th. 13th. I know. The day before that, actually, so a year ago today, basically, I had had a class with my students um, in in Round Rock at Texas State and we got an email from Texas State and I have a photo of all the students looking at their phones and they were all excited because they told us we were going to have an extra week for spring break because they were so worried about the virus. And they thought, oh, we'll just give everyone an extra week of spring break and that'll do it. What? We finished class like normal and we said goodbye like normal and then that was the last time I ever saw them in person. You saw me the next day.
0: I that's think that's so you weird. Recorded. And the and that's what I was going to say is that like you just reminded me that I have I I have that recording. I have I mean it's even labeled Kendra Scott. I know where to get it and that would be great to play at this point. And indeed, here's a little accidental clip from a sound check on Friday the 13th, March 2020. The last time Michelle and I saw each other before quarantine.
1: I'm curious if my clients will start canceling for next week. I hope not. We're told that we have to let our students know by the 25th what we're doing. So oh my gosh. I you know. So it's going to be really hard because I teach theater. So how do yeah. you do this? Like I teach like uh, how to teach Using theater a
0: little bit? Skype. No, not Skype. Zoom. Back to the Future, March 11th of 2021.
1: Once school ended, I was able to actually have a break for the first time in years. And I suddenly was able to feel more creative again. And I was like, oh my god, I could do something. course there was the looming you know apocalypse and everything but it gave me this taste of what life could be like where I didn't feel totally crushed by my commute I got to spend more time with my daughter and I got to think and read and you know cook and do all these things I wanted to do I said well what you know what would it mean to really focus on audio and really take myself seriously as an audio producer I worked with a mentor all that summer on an audio piece that I made that was exciting. It got played on his podcast, Neighbors, it was about friends getting married on Zoom, which when I was recording it, it was like, wow. And then now it's like, not everybody's doing that. You know, it's not, it's not weird now. A piece coming out on KUT about Herman the Singing Plumber, so that should be yes. airing really soon. And then I'm working on another little project about the Texas storm, the snowpocalypse, snow apocalypse, whatever you want to call it, that happened in February. Has it, you know, made you want to f- work on the climate crisis more? That's what it's done for me. Has it made you change how you feel about living in Texas? How has this changed you?
0: How has the last year changed us? How about the last five years? I struggle with admitting to myself how much I've changed in that time, how much I've been changed, or even in the last three months since this conversation with Michelle. Here's what I sounded like in that Thursday, March 11th conversation. I just want to start making stuff and, and thinking a little less about it. We've got 23 episodes and it took like five years to, to make those. The last four five episodes or so we've released, have all been pilot episodes for potential, you know, Mm -hmm. series, and there's a couple more in in the can. We've tried a lot of different things, and we're still trying a lot of things, but here in June of 2021, it feels like pilot season is about over and we've got to make some decisions. Got to make some changes, find some sponsors, advertisers, investors. Get a full season of one of our shows funded and greenlit. Maybe find another client or two while we're at it. You know, I've never really talked about my employment situation in this podcast so far. Never felt like I could or should, but in the time that's passed since that 2017 conversation with Michelle, I left my job working in the marketing department of a local theater. So that that I could be in a musical at that same theater, was offered a job to go build a podcast from the ground up for a Fortune 500 tech company by way of a startup. And then two years after that, in October of 2019, the team that I built left that startup to form our own company, Make Every Media LLC. So what started as a podcast and a bunch of ideas is now a full-service production company and my full-time job to make all the media. We've been keeping busy ever since with a variety of clients, even had a bit of support from the City of Austin Cultural Arts Division, but after the last year, it seems there's no more arts funding left for the majority of arts organizations in town at the moment. We could do a whole episode about that, and probably should, but it's honestly kind of hard for me to figure out what our next few episodes should be at this point. This is the desperate part. I mean, what would make you subscribe to a Patreon, hypothetically? Hypothetically. How does this work, exactly? Do you want to hear more of these conversations with Michelle? Because there's at least 20 more minutes of this one that I'd like to share. We go into a lot more depth about SVT and our individual documentary debts. The systems we started using in the last five years to dig ourselves out of those debts. But for the moment, I'm only going to share that with our Patreon supporters. So Steve, Ken, Beth, the three of you will be able to hear a draft of the rest of this conversation at patreon.com slash makeeverymedia. And for the rest of you, thanks for listening. What do you think? Do you want to hear more of any of our media hatchlings? The artist happy hours, deferred dreams, grief hoarders, come and take it, gender bots, steal every media. Uh, those last two you haven't heard yet, they're premiering on June 22nd. I mean, all we want to do is make and preserve stuff and tell stories and help other people tell stories. And if you want to make podcasts, movies, virtual conferences, we can help with that too. Drop us a line at makeeverymedia at gmail.com or check out our website at makeeverymedia.com. Become a Patreon supporter and you too can help us prioritize which of these podcast threads we follow next. Follow us, like us, review us on SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, and Twitch. But most importantly, Follow yourself, like yourself, review yourself. Time may have started moving again, but we're still all just swimming around in it. So don't beat yourself up if you notice you're stewing in it occasionally. Until next time, here's more music from Scooter Holiday and the Nerdy Shirts. This one's called Time in Quarantine.